You're listening to potplanet.org, where the stories are between 83 to 100% true. You're listening to a special two-part episode of Pod Planet with guest stars Lisa Del Bello and Carter Hayden. Recap. Last time on Pod Planet, singer-songwriter Pino Mammoliti discovers there's more to the beguiling Nikita than meets the eye. And now Pod Planet presents Nikita, part two. Let us begin. According to a new study, marriage is often a misguided collision of opposing dispositions and ideas. In that way, Pino and Nikita were no exception. Pino was a morning person and tidy. Nikita was a night owl and a slob. And as a result, Pino could now add cleaning lady to his roster of duties. All day, Pino worked writing songs while the lovely and lazy Nikita slept. And weeknights after supper, Nikita would pack up her laptop and head off to the city to work. Then at 3 a.m., she'd take the ferry back to Staten Island and Pino. All of which prompts some questions. What kind of fashion company only works at night? Well, Nikita explained. A company with nocturnal clients, okay? And how would one live in the 21st century without credit cards or a bank account? Nikita had neither. In fact, one day while cleaning, Pino knocked her purse on the floor and $3,500 fell out. When quizzed about the money later, Nikita said, This is cash-only business. My clients do not want to pay tax, Pino. No tax, Pino. No tax. Chapter 5 The weeks turned into months. The leaves began to fall. Autumn had arrived on Staten Island. Those changes aside, Pino and Nikita's routine remained trenchant, stuck. Although, come to think of it, Nikita was on her laptop more than usual, and her laptop, as you may have imagined, was out of bounds. Fashion is confidential, scolded Nikita. Don't touch my laptop. Not touch. At night, Pino and Nikita's bedroom was bathed in the cool blue ambient glow of the tiny lights mounted on the casing of her substantial hard drives. The effect was both calming and strange. One time, while lying together in the glow of the hard drives, Nikita got up to use the washroom, uncharacteristically leaving her precious laptop open. This was the rare opportunity to look into Nikita's world, so Pino tried to sneak a peek. Rolling over, he stared at the screen. It was all but empty, save for a sign-in window that said, connecting to network. The username and password were blank. This was no Google, Yahoo, DuckDuckGo, or any other search engine Pino had ever seen before. When she returned from the washroom, Nikita grabbed the laptop forcefully away from Pino's prying eyes. What you doing, Pino? Don't touch computer. The fashion is confidential. Now leave me alone, Pino. Go play your games. No funny stuff. Then she sat back, balanced the laptop on her knees, and continued working at whatever that was. And exactly how much typing does a fashion designer really need to do? Just asking. Sadly, Pino's marriage wasn't going the way he'd hoped. But then, these days, marriages rarely do. Because they can't or won't. Chapter 6 Nakita While Pino's marriage was going off the rails, 
three important events happened. One, Bright-Eyed Matt licensed a couple of Pino's techno songs to a big gaming company called Spicy Horse in China. Two, a new reality show called The Magic Hour, an ironic name as the show is only 18 minutes long, chose Pino's song You Trigger Me as the underscore for all romantic scenes. And there were a lot of romantic scenes in The Magic Hour. Three, Matt hit the mother load and got Pino a recording contract with Hot House Music, one of the biggest and best recording companies in Romania. And Matt reported later, Nikita was instrumental in sealing the deal. He and Nikita had become real chums. And let's not smirk about Romania, because today, many Eastern European countries have thriving entertainment industries worth billions of dollars. It's not your mother's dance, after all. So, given the sorry state of Pino's marriage, these auspicious deals couldn't have come at a better time. Chapter 7 Ah, Nikita. Beautiful, mysterious Nikita. Nikita the Wonderful. Nikita the Bold. Nikita, my everything. One night, after showering, Nikita's phone rang. Pino hid in the music writing room. The door ajar had eavesdropped. He knew he shouldn't, but then everyone thinks they have strict limits. Until they cross them. Nikita spoke in a hushed voice, and the conversation went exactly like this. Nikita. Yes, Ed. No, Ed. Have you gone crazy, Edward? Oh, how are latest simple testings? Like real singers? Where are you now? Did you speak with Julian? Yes. Okay. Okay. What? No, I hate Clinton. She's crook. Melania? She make much better leader. Then she hung up the phone. At dinner time, the pizza came and Nikita left for work. Pino finished his ninth mix of the day and went to bed, full of pizza, but starved for a snuggle. You're listening to potplanet.org. Chapter 8 Mid November. Today, there was a riot in the Staten Island Shoppers Mart supermarket. Their internet banking service broke down, so no one could use any bank cards. Customers were yelling at cashiers. Cashiers were screaming at customers. Needing only one item, coffee cream, and having 50 bucks in his pocket, Pino made it through the rumpus quickly and walked home in the wind and the rain of the eastern seaboard. Coming into the kitchen, he found a note on the counter. A note. That never happened. Pino opened it. His heart sank. The wind was knocked out of him. The note said, Pino, I want divorce. Nikita. Divorce. Really? They'd only been married for what? Three months? Pino buried his face in his hands. And then his phone buzzed. It was a text from Matt. It read, You have a hit record. Pack your bags, bay. We're going to Romania for Christmas. All expenses paid, Pino. All expenses paid. Pino texted Matt back saying, Can I call you in a half? Then in a fit, bordering on a rage blackout, the normally passive Pino stormed around the condo looking for clues. 
Why did Nikita leave? What was she thinking? What had happened? It was no use. All her stuff was gone. Clothes, jewels, makeup, hard drives, shoes, perfumes, laptop, USB hubs. All her possessions were gone. She must have snuck out while Pina was sleeping. She even took the key. Bitch. Chapter 9 Nikita. Pino called Matt and explained what had happened with Nikita. Matt offered all the sympathy a 20-year-old could believably muster, and then they discussed the Romanian tour. They would be gone for the week between Christmas and New Year's, give or take. As Matt outlined the details, Pino googled Romania to see where it was. There's France. There's Italy. Where the hell is Romania? Oh, here it is. Wow. Romania is practically in China, said Pina. Chapter 10 Boxing Day in Bucharest. Away from Staten Island, away from his annoying family, away from his errant wife, Pino had a Christmas like no other. He'd never been so happy. The song, Love Me If You Can, was indeed a Romanian hit. Accompanied by Vlad, a translator provided by the record company and quite possibly the state, Pino went on all the TV and radio shows. At night, he appeared live at all the top clubs. From the stage, sometimes he thought he saw Nikita in the crowd. Tonight, he could have sworn he saw Matt, his manager, talking to Nikita over by the bar. But that couldn't be. Although a lot of his fans looked like Nikita, most look more like the Olsen twins on a budget. Now back in the music business, Pino's record company announced Love Me If You Can was about to enter the charts at number three in Croatia, Ukraine, and Poland. How did this happen? Where would it end? Matt and Pino were elated. First, we take Romania, said Matt. Then we take Manhattan, said Pino. Chapter 11 January 2nd Pino's flight landed in New York early in the morning. Matt was still sleeping when the aircraft touched down. It was dark. It was snowing. Yet, going through customs at Kennedy International Airport, it sure was great to see the good old stars and stripes everywhere. And knowing the Donald and Melania were now in charge only made the cake of freedom sweeter. Outside the airport, Pino and Matt hugged and then took separate cabs home. But thinking about those stars and stripes festooned cheerfully everywhere throughout JFK. Well, it just made your heart skip a little quicker. There's nothing quite like it. Chapter 12 Arriving at his condo, Pino put the key in the latch, but it was unlocked. When Pino opened the door, all the lights were on, and there were four serious-looking middle-aged men in nice clothes standing there. Behind them, looking sheepish, was Matt. Matt, what's going on here? said Pino. A man from the front of the group held out a piece of paper at Pino and said, You're going to jail. Then, pointing his finger at Pino and hot around the collar, Matt said, Nikita told me everything. 
The Pentagon, the NSA, the White House, Ashley Madison, the centrifuge shutdown. She told me about the codes, the worms, the malware, the Russians, the Guardian, the Chinese, the Arabs. Pino, how could you? After everything this country did for you and your family, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Now wait one cotton pick and second. Obviously, there was more going on between Matt and Nikita than Pino ever knew about. In fact, months later, while appealing his sentence, Pino learned Nikita and Matt talked every day. Nevertheless, Pino collapsed in his easy chair and was handcuffed while a litany of indictments were read. Pino Mamaliti, you are charged with theft of government property, two counts of violating the Espionage Act, unauthorized communication to hostile foreign forces in Russia, China, and Egypt. Oh God, set up by his beautiful wife, who feared she had been discovered by the NSA, Nikita convinced Matt the manager to go to the authorities with a basket of damning evidence that would lay all the blame at Pino's door. Poor Pino. Pino was going to jail for a long, long time. And just what of the beguiling Nikita, nocturnal sportswear designer, citizen of everywhere, ruling monarch of fiber optic internet service, and the high priestess of eight quad bay 20 terabyte hard drives? Well, it seems like dear Nikita had vanished like a specter in the dark or a thief in the night, perhaps never to be seen again. But hers was a name Pino wouldn't soon forget. Nikita. 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 Epilogue. The Bahamas. A few months later, in the elegant restaurant of the Greycliff Hotel in New Providence, Nikita appeared again. This time, she was having dinner with a much older man. It was hard to hear what they were saying. Maybe they were speaking Russian but their fingers were touching softly and whimsically. Suddenly, Nikita withdrew her hand and placed it on her chest. She took a deep breath, bowed her head forward, and began sobbing. Then a tear, a familiar tear, fell into the small plate of Clam's Casino she had been picking at. About now would be a good time to stop and think about everything that had happened. Pino, Matt, Nikita, her boss, Edward, her friend, Julian, the hard drives, the secret phone calls, the malware, the Guardian, Greenwall, Clinton, emails, codes, servers, Melania Trump, the leaks, missing data, Nikita's disappearance, Pino's arrest, and a plate of piping hot clams casino in the Greycliff Hotel. These days, it often seems people aren't who they say they are. And that can lead to betrayal and heartbreak. So it's no wonder something as simple as Clams Casino is still the most popular dish served on Pod Planet. Listening to Pod Planet, where the stories are between 83 to 100% true. Pod Planet is written and produced by Peter McHugh and Clive Desmond. 
The Pod Planet theme was composed by Jonathan Goldsmith. Creative consultant, Monique Kelly. Digital and audio design by Oliver Wickham and Aidan Vickery. Pod Planet announcer, Jean Francois. Additional and highly deserved credits are listed on podplanet.org. If you haven't subscribed to Pod Planet yet, subscribe now. Go to our webpage, podplanet.org. Pod Planet is one word. And click follow on whatever podcatcher you're using. You'll find Pod Planet on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube. And follow Pod Planet on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Links are available on our webpage. This is Pod Planet Season 2. We'll be back in two weeks with another new and startling episode. Until then, on behalf of Peter McHugh and the whole Pod Planet team, thanks for listening. I'm Clive Desmond. Pod Planet is part of the Public Radio Exchange and the Association of Independence in Radio. You have been listening to Pod Planet. A new episode drops every two weeks on Thursday.